The Money Show. Business Unusual. With Colin Cullis. <gasps> Black Friday month. I mean, everything's got a month. It used to be a day, and now everything gets a month. And we're having a Black Friday month across many retailers, I think. Colin Cullis, good evening. Hello, Bruce. Yes, it is. And uh, perhaps I should begin with a small aside, given that uh, in the last week since we've spoken, uh, Mark Zuckerberg made a big deal about renaming Facebook Meta and introducing the Metaverse. So it would have made sense that I was going to you know, bend your ear about all things Metaverse. Uh, but, but thank for you for not who... doing that. <laughs> Pleasure. Uh, and in part, it's because I'd already done so uh, back in, in May. So for anybody who is uh, still curious to know about the metaverse, by all means, uh, an older version in May uh, has the details. But I can add, because I didn't know necessarily what Facebook were planning or how much they were looking to release uh, with this particular one, that they have added a lot of quite sophisticated tools and done a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of the hardware that would allow them to be able to pull this off. And the thing that's maybe just worth a quick mention here, I don't know if you got to see a series in 2019 called uh, Years and Years. No. Uh, it had Emma Thompson as Margaret Thatcher, which may j- j- jig your memory a little bit. Uh, but there was a character in there, uh, a, young, a young person, probably a teenager, who professed to be a transhuman. And this is the thing with the metaverse that for all Facebook saying, oh, it's going to be like a more uh, impressive Zoom and you can go and visit places that you otherwise wouldn't go to on your own and all these other good things. But one of the elements that we need to be mindful of is that we're already seeing how we spend a lot of time with digital devices, so in a digital world. And so we look to try and make ourselves look good in that digital world, ask anybody what their Instagram selfies and how many pictures they take to make sure that they're their best selves on those platforms. Well, when you go into the actual metaverse and you start using what Mark Zuckerberg displayed, which is these very lifelike looking avatars, the fact that they're lifelike means they look like you, but because they're avatars, you can enhance them even further. You know, never age, pick up uh, or tweak any things that maybe you didn't like the look of. And in this particular series, um, uh, this young girl would wear a mask, a digital mask that would effectively show a different face rather than her own. She claimed herself to be transhuman. And so the notions of young people already having all sorts of challenges uh, to deal with, the metaverse is likely to, to challenge us in a similar way. But more on that Later on, back to Black Friday and the issue of retail bots. Not necessarily a a very new subject, but it's becoming something that people are now starting to say, if this keeps up, then, you know, I'm I'm not interested anymore. And effectively, it's that when you think you're going to go online to go and buy something and get a good deal, odds are somebody a little more sophisticated than you with a bot has already managed to swoop up that good deal. Now, for South Africans, we probably already know um, back in the day when concerts were, were a thing or those big airline Ticket sales would become available. You'd log on, you'd refresh the site, hoping for the chance to say, right, ticket is open, make your purchase. And before you've managed to refresh the site, it's gone from please wait to all sold out. And you're kind of (laughs) unsure as to how was it possible that so many people bought all those tickets in seconds? Well, very often it's not people who've bought those tickets. They will use a bot to do so. And in this case, a bot isn't like a robot, even though that's what it's derived from. It's simply a computer program that can go through the steps a human would, but because it's a computer program, it can go through those steps very quickly and over and over and over again until it gets success. And in this particular case, uh, the story for this evening began uh, earlier this year with uh, the the release of the Microsoft Xbox. It was highly anticipated. um, And when people went to go and buy it, many remarked this sort of strange looking square cube thing looked a bit like a fridge and had some fun with it. A little meme was created. In April, uh, Twitter was running the sort of battle of the brands and it came down to Xbox and Skittles, the sort of um, sweet manufacturer in the US. And Xbox wind up winning. uh, And the head of Xbox said, "If, if, 
if their fans get Xbox to win, they will turn the meme into reality. They would actually make a little fridge that'll store a couple of those sort of cool drinks and everything else uh, to look like that Xbox and make it available for sale, which they did do. And no surprises, a lot of them disappeared online before most of the fans get it. And people were saying, what's going on here? They then committed to sell them again. And that went online just now in, in October, just a, a few weeks ago. And once again, uh, people were amazed how quickly these things sold out. Uh, and then were slightly less amazed and quite angry to see them popping back up again on places like eBay being sold for pri uh, prices well in excess. One that I came across, which has since thankfully been uh, removed, showed the, the screen where you pre-ordered it was being sold by Target for $99 and being sold on eBay for $637. Now, for most people who are a fan of a brand who, who'd want to get their hands on it, would be pretty upset to have to pay that amount of money. Uh, but it's not a case of, well, you know, what do we do now? How did we get here? Because the, the reality is we, we, we use them all the time. And for the most part, certainly if you have a retirement savings, you rely on them because those bots actually grow out of something that came through from the stock markets. Uh, back in the day, you know, you'd have traders on the floor, you'd have people quoting prices, big shouting match on the commodity floors, et cetera, people shouting and screaming, looking to buy and sell. Uh, and then and then the uh, information started be becoming made available electronically. And once the information was made available electronically, so too could the purchases and the sales be made electronically. And then they uh, you know, had people simply sitting on computers, tapping away screens. That's what most of us kind of understand if you're into buying retail uh, bonds and, and, and stocks, et cetera. That's probably the way you do it. You go online, you find the store you're looking for, and you click buy and you purchase it. Uh, what... Uh, bigger companies started noticing is that the time between when somebody could execute an order and the potential opportunity, like if they were just a little quicker, they may have made just a little more on that deal. So they started training computer programs to effectively replicate what a human would do. And the advantage of that, again, is machines could do it incredibly quickly and machines would never tire. They would not need to take a break and they did not require big six-digit bonuses. So the algo trading started replacing regular traders. And these are effectively the bots that we now know today. Not only do they buy and sell regularly, they buy and sell within seconds. Uh, and that's created a whole new uh, unfortunate scary thing for those who watch the markets called these flash crashes. Uh, and the biggest one, I think still to date, was one that occurred in 2010 where the technology was still relatively new. And somebody actually looked to sort of play with the potential uh, bid that they were, they were looking to make in the market. And the other algorithms hadn't anticipated that the market would, would change in the way that it had. And as a consequence of it being outside of the parameters that were set, they effectively either said, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to sell anything, or they tried to sell everything. And almost a trillion dollars was wiped off the, the Dow Jones and the NASDAQ in the space of 36 minutes. I can't say I remember the time myself. It was uh, May the 6th. Uh, I don't know if you recall it uh, as clearly as I'm sure some people who maybe were looking at a computer screen for those 36 minutes, but I imagine for most people that would have been a really white knuckle ride for them before those prices uh, came back and more or less came back to exactly where they were as all of the machines sort of reset and, 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 and the safety measures uh, got built in. Just as well it did happen then uh, because subsequently they've put all sorts of things in place uh, to prevent one, uh, people trying to abuse what the systems can do and to ensure that should a flash crash like that happen, uh, there is something to protect it. And you might think, oh, well, it's not an issue anymore. It's all fine. Well, by some measures, those flash crashes still happen, but now they happen within seconds. And so only the machines are aware that it happened and the humans thankfully only find out about it some minutes later when things have all sort of recovered. 
Uh, but the most recent one that probably did have a lot of people sitting on the edge, Bitcoin got up to about $65,000 and a, an algorithm triggered to say, ah, this is the top of the, 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 the price that they wanted and they started selling it. And it started selling it in such a, such a rapid rate that all of the other algorithmically um, tracked funds that were, were potentially watching uh, Bitcoin decided to sort of sell at the same time. And the price was from $65,000 to $8,000 in, again, less than 60 seconds. Uh, for anybody watching those 60 seconds, either thought, great time to buy, or, oh my goodness, my life is over. I, I couldn't tell you what goes through somebody's head when that happens. But that's kind of the part where these, these bots come from. And so all of that technology has now been refined and kind of improved, uh, generally speaking, where we don't have too many uh, big troubles from that. And it started becoming something that happens in the retail world. And the guys who have, have sort of uh, uh, adopted it uh, first were the guys who are training in trainers. I, I know sneakers and sneakerheads, they got all these sorts of names, but there's so much money to be made when a, a sneaker drops, as it were, that it's actually worthwhile for a group of people to get together and pay coders to write the kind of you know, algorithms to see keep looking to buy it as, as soon as it becomes available. And of course, once you've bought it, simply because you were the first and maybe the only one to buy it, you can then charge a super premium and become a new kind of middleman that never used to exist in the past because of how you do these, these trades. Uh, and that's now expanded to say, well, rather than simply being, you know, highly specialized collectible items, which is where the focus was, you can now have it go and say, go and check all sites for when a certain uh, uh, product or item becomes available that you see there's going to be a lot of demand for. So coming up for Black Friday, coming up for Christmas, somebody is going to see televisions or other sort of tech products that are, you know, highly desirable and, and likely to go for very big deals. You simply scoop them all up buy them and then wait a couple of days and then sell them again when, when everybody's looking to say, gosh, I missed out on it and I really do need one. Um, and again, you might say for retailers, they're going to say, why should they care? They're getting the sales done, uh, move on to the next thing. Uh, but of course, if you want to maintain a customer and have the kind of relationship with them that they're going to say, thanks, uh, you know, when they know that they effectively can't buy these items and that somebody's basically going to steal them, uh, maybe that's a bit harsh to say so, but it might feel like that for some, and then sell it to you at a massive markup, it really feels like something should be done. And, and here again, you've got this challenge between somebody invents tech that makes things possible and the regulators having to work out, is it fair or isn't it fair? Now with uh, tickets and uh, to the likes of FIFA and, and other large tournaments like that, credit, they've already seen that this problem with scalping tickets was a real issue and that these bot interventions could, could really mess things up. So they've moved to, to limit that, don't allow you to do so, or even better, they, they put you into a lottery. That way, your chance of actually buying it is still sort of one one of many odds and you don't feel so bad if you knew look you you didn't know what your chances were anyway it also means you don't have to sit at a computer you know re refreshing 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 hoping you get lucky uh but some of the other bots that they use uh, as i say there's the the ones that they use on these uh, sneaker sites uh those would be the the sort of retail bots that are just sitting there waiting and as soon as it becomes available they grab it for auction sites uh, the sniper bot will sit there waiting uh, for the just one minute or one second before the auction closes and then put in the bid just, you know, one cent or whatever it is above the current ruling bid to snap it up that way. And retailers themselves use a version of bots called scraper bots. They effectively go and check what all of their uh, competitors are charging for their prices. And as, as those prices change, possibly as a quick little Friday special, they drop their prices. They can see that the prices have dropped and they can potentially update their prices to make sure they didn't miss out on sales as well. Uh, all collectively, they, they have some value. 
Um, I hope regulators, and, and in South Africa, some of the regulations are already starting to be stepped in by the retailers themselves, and I'm sure it'll be formalized some more by the by the actual uh, retail regulation industry, uh, to prevent people from, for example, using the same credit card and buying multiple items. Okay. Retailers already been doing that for a while, you know, limited to how many you can buy. Uh, but what's important for me just to flag is, is the people who think, here's my chance, I'm going to log on, Black Friday deals, here I come. Please do know that there are people already, maybe not as significantly in South Africa that are looking to intervene and to use these things, but there certainly will be an increase in them before finally enough of us know about it, regulators take it seriously enough and start making an intervention. And then we move back to the same old challenge between a retailer who wants to charge as much as they can, but not get you to abandon the deal and us wanting to pay as little as we can without actually missing out. So that's the kind of state of play as it were with retail bots ahead of this Black Friday. Yep, it's a good and interesting balancing act. Thank you, Colin Cullis, with Business Unusual.